0: You're listening to americaswebradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Well, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining me today. It's uh, debate day. It will be, you know, tonight we have the third and final presidential debate in what has been an absolutely chaotic presidential race with two very unpopular candidates running. And unfortunately, the uh, one who probably will win is the one who is not only unpopular but also identified as the well, me at least well, the head of the largest criminal enterprise in the United States and that is the federal government basically uh, Hillary Clinton has, has shown herself to be a liar, a criminal a thief and you know anything? Any other adjectives you can come up with? And she is leading in the polls, be president of the United States. Now, I don't trust polls. I never have. I've seen in the past where the total polls have been wildly wrong. And in this situation, we have polls being done by news organizations that are totally in the tank for Hillary Clinton. I mean, the the media bias in this situation has been been horrible and i think i talked last week about how i'd been through media bias back in the 60s i'd seen it firsthand and uh it's never gotten any better it's progressively gotten worse but it's never been as bad as it is now i mean news organizations like cnn cbs nbc in particular ABC, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and not the Wall Street Journal, excuse me, the Washington Post, they are all totally in the tank for Hillary, and they don't even try to hide that. They've not publish anything that is detrimental to Hillary Clinton, regardless of whether or not it's the truth. They just won't report it. If they do, they give it a 20-second mention, and a lot of times they will defend her uh, when there's things that she's done that are indefensible. And even your corporate leadership out there, some of it, media leadership, is in the tank for her. Google, for example, I've gone to Google several on several occasions, and I have put in an inquiry for negative articles about Hillary Clinton. What comes up are not negative articles about Hillary Clinton, but articles by people attacking anyone who has anything to say negative about Hillary Clinton. This has been a coordinated effort. It's been a coordinated effort between Google, the head of Google, and the head of Yahoo News, which is just as bad, probably even worse, Yahoo will actually block people who criticize Hillary Clinton, and the head of your networks, and your major newspapers. Now, NBC, ever since Obama became president, NBC has had their reporters contact the White House every Monday morning to find out what the White House wants them to report on during the week, And if there's something negative out there, how they want the White House to spend it. I knew about this from the beginning. It hadn't stopped. Now they're doing the same thing with the Hillary campaign. This is a coordinated effort between the federal government, i.e. the White House, and the Hillary Clinton campaign, and our so-called free press, to lie to the American people, to get us to elect somebody to the office of President of the United States who is totally unfit to be President and who will destroy our Constitutional Republic. We're in scary times, ladies and gentlemen, very scary times. And I have a new article I posted on my blog at www.michaelconnolly.com. Titled "Democrats versus Americans." You can also access my blog, by the way, by going to the Our Constitution website right here on the American Web Radio uh, site, and there's a link there to my blog and to my articles. And you can take a look at that article because it's like I said, it's titled "Democrats versus Americans," and I talk about the elitist, like Hillary Clinton who have declared that anyone not supporting her or president belongs in a basket of deplorables who are all racist, sexist, homophobia, Islamophobic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Bill Clinton has lumped the same group of people as pretty standard rednecks. And Obama just recently announced that anybody who doesn't support Hillary Clinton or is a Republican is in a swamp of crazies. Now this is the way people are referring to a huge segment of the American population. And when I want to say people, I'm talking about the Washington elitist. <clears throat> We're talking about millions and millions of people out there. Many of them, like me, veterans. Many of them members of police forces. Remember, Hillary Clinton did not even ask for the endorsement of the major police union in this country. Why? Because she wanted the endorsement of Black Lives Matter, a radical, left-wing organization that advocates the killing of police officers. Their votes, their endorsement is more important to Hillary Clinton than the endorsement and support of police officers, because she's not going to support police officers ever ever. If she's elected president, you think it's bad now under Obama? Wait to see what Hillary tries to do. Of course, Obama, when he was running for president the first time, described you and I as people who cling to our guns and religion. Well, guess what? There is probably the only time I can say he was right. Because I do cling to my guns and to my religion. And I'm not going to allow either of them to be taken away from me, which is what Hillary Clinton has vowed to do, basically. So all this has been going on. The mainstream media, and this includes Fox News, keeps using these, this term, is driving me absolutely crazy, because I watch Fox News. I'm not going to watch any of the other mainstream media. I'm not going to support any of their advertisers. I watch Fox News because at least they attempt to be fair and balanced. The only real exception is uh, Shepard Smith, who is what I consider their village idiot. And uh, he doesn't know what he's talking about half the time. And when he does, he's usually talking in favor of liberal positions. But that's all right. I don't care if they have some people on there who are liberal as long as the news is reported fairly and that there are some conservatives. That's what Fox does. But the rest of your mainstream media, and like I said, unfortunately this includes Fox, keeps referring to people who don't support Hillary Clinton as uneducated white men. Now that is racist, and that is sexist. And then you have the leaked emails that show the Democrats and the Kim Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee have nothing but the state.
2: Okay, well, it seems like we, uh, have a problem with, uh, Michael, so we'll, uh, try, okay, let's, Michael, is that you calling in? Huh, okay, well, hold on, and let me transfer you back in again. Okay, Michael, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All righty, you're back on the air at, uh...
1: Ten oh nine, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what happened. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, I was switched to voicemail. I guess the drones are overhead again here in East Texas, and uh, uh, but I apologize for whatever caused that, and hopefully it doesn't happen again. But I was talking about the leaked emails of the Democrats, where they so you know, express their total disdain for people of faith particularly Catholics and Evangelicals. The remarks are derogatory, the remarks are hateful, yet they get by with it. This is hardly even reported in the mainstream media. It has been reported by Fox News. If I was a Catholic, I would be totally outraged by this. And I certainly wouldn't be voting for Hillary Clinton. If I was an Evangelical, same thing I am neither I am a Christian and I have a deep faith and always have had and always will have and I don't intend to give up my freedom of religion because the Democrat elitists don't like it the reason the Democrats particularly Hillary Clinton keep throwing out
2: Well, it would seem uh, that we have another technical problem. We're going to go to a break right now. We'll be back on America's Web Radio and our Constitution right after this.
3: The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me.
1: We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us back on the right track. Visit us at ObamacareWatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at ObamacareWatch.org.
3: Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Visit www.usjf.net today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com,
0: the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize again. I'm not sure what's going on, why we're suddenly uh, having some problems. But uh, we seem to be. And uh, we hope they have been corrected now. Before we uh, we rudely interrupted and then we went to our break, while that was going on, I was talking about how the elitist Democrats, the so-called progressives, the Hillary Clintons out there, and the Barack Obamas, and the Tim Keynes, and the Elizabeth Warrens, and Nancy Pelosi's, all want the same thing. They consistently push the proposition that Americans, the average American, people like you and I, are too stupid to be able to handle our own affairs, basically. And you know, I've been fighting this on behalf of veterans for several years now, because the veterans are being declared incompetent, not only to handle their own financial affairs, but... Because of that, then declared ineligible to own a firearm. I mean, we'll get into that a little more later. But they want us to submit to them as their subjects. And they refer in derogatory manner to people who don't support Hillary Clinton for president as being uneducated white men. But then they turn around and lump everybody else in there in some some derogatory category. If you're not a supporter of Barack Obama, if you're not a supporter of Hillary Clinton, if you're not a supporter of the Democratic elitist, then you are somehow inferior an inferior person. And therefore, you have to be controlled. And that's what this article is about. Democrats versus Americans. It's not Democrats versus Republicans. Because Republican label is meaningless as far as the Democrats are concerned. It doesn't matter if you're Republican and independent. You are supposed to be subjecting yourself to the will of Hillary Clinton and the will of Barack Obama. You are supposed to be becoming a good little drone who will march in lockstep to everything that they tell you to do. They consider the Constitution of the United States to be archaic and irrelevant to the perfect society they intend to force us to accept. In their minds, we cannot be allowed to be a free people, but must submit to being their subjects with no free will of our own. They don't believe in free speech, they don't believe in freedom of religion, they don't believe in freedom of the press, and they certainly don't believe that we should be allowed to own firearms. For those of us who have studied American history, and unfortunately most of our children aren't being taught American history, but for those of us who have studied American history and world history, we know that this is the same worldview that was pushed by brutal dictators like Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong, and Fidel Castro among others. This vision has led to the deaths of over 100 million people and the enslavement of many more. Yet, unfortunately, many people in this country are totally ignorant about this reality, about history. They've been taught by the democratic elitists that dominate our educational system that all powerful governments are benevolent and if you just surrender your lives and your free will to them, they will give you free stuff and take care of you. They will not stop until they have destroyed our constitutional republic. And they will do anything. I mean, the FBI documents. If you want to discount the WikiLeaks documents, that's fine. Go ahead and discount them. The WikiLeaks documents, although, if you'll notice, none of the Democrats have said that the emails are not real. That they are forgeries. They've just said, oh, this is the Russians behind it. Donald Trump and his Russian buddies are trying to do this. I don't know who's behind it, but let's just discount the WikiLeaks for the minute moment and look at the FBI information that has not been leaked, but turned over under subpoena to House of Representatives committees. And this shows basically it's pulled the curtain away from the DNC and the Clinton campaign and the Obama administration. And it's proven how criminal this administration is and how criminal the Clinton campaign is. It shows collusion with foreign countries and groups that are our enemies. It shows the Clinton campaign and the Clinton Foundation getting money from foreign countries and foreign donors, which is totally illegal under federal law. It shows pre-quote deals between the FBI and represented the State Department to try to cover up for Clinton. Now, the deal didn't go through, as far as we know, but it was certainly an attempt to have it done. We're talking total corruption in a campaign for President of the United States, and total corruption in this country. Tonight, there's going to be a presidential debate. Chris Wallace of Fox News will be the moderator of the debate. And I know he will be tough, but I also believe he will be fair. But the conversation tonight is probably not going to be about policy. And it's certainly not going to be, unless Trump makes it so, about Hillary Clinton and her dishonesty. I'm hoping that Trump will take the high ground and that he will ignore, basically, any challenges to him about the so-called sex scandal that he is supposed to be involved in. And by the way, I don't know how much of this, if anything, is true, but I do know that there have been quite a few questions raised about some of the people who have come forward as his accusers. I noticed that yesterday there was big headlines in the liberal media that the claim of the People magazine correspondent that Trump had gotten her into a room in Trump Towers and tried to pin her against the wall and tried to kiss her and fondle her was absolutely true despite the fact she had said what saved her was the Trump's butler coming in unannounced and interrupting him. Well, he interviewed Trump's Rob Butler, who's long since retired and has no reason to lie. And he said it never happened. He said he did walk into the room. He knocked before he walked in. He was told to come in. When he walked in there, the two of them were not even close to each other. There was no indication that anything was wrong, no indication that she was upset. But yesterday, we had news organizations coming out and says, oh, there are witnesses that have proven this is true. Ladies and gentlemen, I have been practicing law for more years than I really care to admit, but over 40 years, and I know what it takes to prove a case in a court of law. And I'm not talking about criminal proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Not just that, I'm also talking about a civil case. Automobile accident case, medical malpractice case, family court case. You have to win your case by proving a preponderance of the evidence. And you have to do that with direct evidence. So we have one eyewitness to this so-called incident. And then we get the misleading headline yesterday that six other witnesses have come forward to confirm her report. Who are these six other people? Acquaintances and friends of hers who says, oh yeah, I know it's true because she told me about it a few days later. That's not evidence. That would not be allowed in a court of law. That is hearsay. In other words, these people did not witness anything personally. All they know is that supposedly they know. We don't know if they're telling the truth that they come forward and said, oh, this is what she told us. So that's where we've come in this country. The news media is going to convict you on any charge that they want to bring against you because you are the wrong religion or have any religion or you're a conservative or you're a gun owner. They're going to come forward with charges against you that are not based on any direct evidence, not based on any facts at all but something they just make up as they go along. And that's what we're seeing in this campaign against Trump. And I hope tonight that he just ignores, basically, any questions about this, blows them off and says, I've already responded, I've already said this wasn't true, and he goes on and talks about policy. Because I think there are still millions of Americans out there who want to hear about policy and who have not made up their mind about who they're going to vote for right now, unfortunately, they don't consider Trump good presidential material. Because, let's face it, he's made some poor judgments in his campaign. He's made some pretty stupid remarks. And he has let himself be baited by Hillary and by liberal reporters into talking about things that he really doesn't need to be talking about. But we get... get get down to the gut check. What happens in this debate tonight really doesn't matter. And I haven't endorsed Trump. I'm the head of 501c3 corporation. I'm not allowed to endorse any political candidate for anything. But I am allowed to talk about the issues and talk about how I feel about the candidates and what they're saying and what they're doing. And as you've noticed, I'll be critical of Trump, and I'll be critical of Hillary. But when it comes down to the nitty-gritty of this presidential election, the thing that is the key, as far as I'm concerned, and I'm saying this as a constitutional lawyer and a writer, I have my own blog on the Constitution. Again, you can go through this website to get it. It's in Michael Connolly jigsmy.com if you want to subscribe to the blog all you have to do is send me an email and I will contact you and every time that I post a new article on the blog and if you send me an email and want to be on my list you're not going to get forwards you're not going to get a whole bunch of junk out of me you will get a notice every time I post a new article and I don't know if I was hacked or what happened here I've heard horror stories about the new outlet.com email service. That's what I was on. They switched me over to this new format and in the process deleted three-fourths of my list of people who subscribed to my blog. I found this out a couple of weeks ago when I sent out an email and almost nobody got it. <laughs> Excuse me. So... I reconstructed the list. It took me almost two weeks to do it. I sent out this new article just like night before last, and people are telling me they got it. So you can go and you can subscribe to this. And you can find out what I'm writing about. What I'm writing about is the issues involving the Constitution that we're facing in this election. And they are very, very important issues. Because we have... Situation where the next president of the United States will be appointing anywhere from one to four Supreme Court justices. Now there are only nine justices on the Supreme Court, and right now, after the death of who I consider one of the best justices of all time, Antonin Scalia, who was a solid conservative and constitutional constructionist like me, following his death basically what they consider to be four Republicans, four Democrats, four conservatives, four liberals. Although Judge Roberts, who's a Republican appointee, has been iffy on things like Obamacare. And Austin Kennedy, well, you never know where he's going to go on any given issue. He voted for to legalize gay marriage, for example. And normally he is voted to leave that sort of thing in the hands of the states, which is where it belongs. But we have situation where we know who Hillary Clinton will appoint as Supreme Court justices. Liberals, left progressives like her, who do not believe in the Constitution, do not believe in the Bill of Rights, and who will do whatever they need to do to abolish the Constitution, to abolish the Constitutional Republic we live in, and to take away freedoms like freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of the press, and our right to keep and bear arms, our right to do process. And this is, I'm not making this up, this will happen. This is what she will do. As Republicans lose control of the Senate, or even if they don't, we can't trust them to block these Supreme Court appointees. Too many times when they pass, they've let them go through. And we'll talk more about
3: this after our break. Who is or what is USJF? It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama Eligibility Cases, the NDAA Illegal Detention Issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today.
1: With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael
3: Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening
0: to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: I can't stress more strongly how important these appointments of these Supreme Court justices will be and how important it is that we have somebody who will make appointments people who believe in the Constitution and will uphold the Constitution. We know that Hillary Clinton will not appoint such people. She has already indicated in private, but it leaked out publicly, that she supports and will do this by executive order if necessary, she supports disarming the American people in various stages. Number one, she wants to take away everyone's right to own a handgun. She's said this. She's made it clear. She also wants to put a ban, further ban on assault weapons. We don't even have a clear definition of what an assault weapon is, but we know that when the Democrats refer to something as an assault weapon, they mean anything that shoots, basically. She also has made it clear that she is going to, by executive order if necessary, make gun manufacturers liable, or any crimes committed by somebody using one of their firearms. Or any accidental shootings committed by somebody using one of their firearms. Now the obvious outcome of this would be all gun manufacturers in the United States will be put out of business. And then she will put an embargo on the importation of any guns. So she will effectively disarm us using her executive power, which she does not have. The President of the United States does not have the power to alter an amendment to the Constitution on their own. Or even to pass legislation on their own. Yet we have watched Obama do it for seven and a half years, and we've watched the Congress, even when controlled completely by the Republican Party, let him get by with doing it. He has... Adopted treaties without submitting them to the Senate for ratification. He's done this repeatedly, and Congress has done nothing. And we have a Supreme Court right now that only has eight members. Hillary gets in; she will appoint at least one member, probably two or three, maybe even four. Who will she appoint? She will appoint people who do not believe in the Constitution, people who are socialist or communist and elitist like her, and they will be, probably be in their 40s, which means that they could be on Supreme Court for 35, 40, 45 years. So we're looking at several generations before the Supreme Court could be taken back by conservatives. Do you really think this country is going to last several generations? Once Hillary Clinton starts making his appointments, and if they are ratified by the U.S. Senate, which they will be, regardless of who controls the Senate, I think they'll ultimately be ratified by the U.S. Senate, we're going to see our country being dismantled at a terrific pace. We're going to see the loss of our constitutional rights. A Supreme Court made up of a majority of leftists. Right now you got four on there already. All she needs is only one more. And she will have a Supreme Court that will allow her to, by executive order, abolish our Second Amendment rights. They will allow her to do this. She's already stated publicly that she wants the Supreme Court to reverse the Heller decision, which was a decision that led to the Supreme Court declaring firmly, and should be finally, that the Second Amendment provides an individual right to keep and bear arms. It is not something that was set up to provide for a militia, state militia, the local militia to be able to keep and bear arms, or for the National Guard, which didn't exist when the Constitution was written. It says what it means, and it means what it says. The Second Amendment is an individual right by you and I to keep and bear arms. I hope that's brought up in the debate tonight. I hope that Donald Trump says it more than on one occasion. He needs to point out that he has supplied a list of Supreme Court justices that he might appoint. And the list is made up of constitutional lawyers like me who believe that the Constitution is not archaic, is not out of date, is not useless in the modern world, but is just as good now as it was then. Hillary Clinton, on the other hand, we know will appoint people who believe in the opposite. And that will be to the permanent detriment of the people of this country. And understand this. The founding fathers very carefully crafted a government that would have three separate but equal branches so that no one could become a dictator that no dictatorship should be set up. You had the executive branch, which is made up of the House and Senate, which was told is allowed to pass laws, and the Senate is supposed to approve treaties by two-thirds majority. The President of the United States is not allowed under the Constitution to make laws or to decide which laws to enforce or not to enforce, the president is tasked with enforcing the laws passed by Congress. Now, there is one option for the president, that if he wants to veto a law passed by Congress, he can do so. He can just refuse to sign it into law and say he vetoes it, and then it takes three-fourths of both houses of Congress to override his veto which we just saw happen. We just saw that happen just before this recess when the President of the United States vetoed a bill passed by Congress to allow families of 9-11 victims to sue Saudi Arabia for their possible involvement in the 9-11 attacks. Congress passed this overwhelmingly. The President vetoed it. Congress, and bipartisan effort overrode the veto. So that was one of the checks and balances set up by the Constitution. The executive branch of government has limited powers. The legislative branch of government has limited powers. And they one can supposedly check the other. And then you have the Supreme Court. That's the third branch of government. That was all that was set up by the Constitution. It didn't provide for any lower federal courts. It said that Congress could set up lower federal courts, but it left that in the hands of Congress. The Supreme Court was primarily there to interpret the laws, the federal laws, and to settle disputes between states. The Supreme Court over the years has decided to take on the, I guess you would say, responsibility or the right what they believe is their right, to make laws. To not only declare laws passed by Congress as unconstitutional, but to make laws on their own. And to violate the Constitution in doing so. The decision on legalizing gay marriage is a prime example. They declared that the laws passed by the states against gay marriage that defined marriage between a man and a woman, those laws were a violation of the U.S. Constitution. How did they come about that? Well, there's nothing in the Constitution that even mentions marriage. There is no wording in the Constitution that authorizes the Supreme Court to do what it did. It never occurred to the Founding Fathers that the federal government ought to be in the business of regulating marriage. They basically felt that was in the hands of the church, religious institutions, and the states. The Tenth Amendment of the Constitution, which says that any powers given to the, not given to the federal government, specifically by the Constitution, those powers belong to the states and or to the people. That's what's been the decision for years, but you had a majority of the Supreme Court that decided, well, you know what, we think the Constitution is wrong here, we're not going to abide by the Constitution, we're going to discard the Tenth Amendment, we're going to tell the states that they have to abide by not the wishes of the Congress, which didn't pass such a law on a law gay marriage. abide by the wishes of us five unelected lawyers who serve on the supreme court
3: let's take our final break the united states justice foundation since 1979 has been dedicated to instructing informing and educating the public on legal issues confronting america that means you and me Did you
0: miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like.
1: Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's web radio.
3: Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out, and when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF.
0: Thank you for listening.
1: So that's really the most important thing I want people to think about tonight when they're listening to the debate. And thinking about what will happen if you decide to elect Hillary Clinton to be president, and you make that decision not based on her qualifications, but on your dislike of Donald Trump, or your dislike of both candidates, or you want to vote for a third-party candidate, which I, I confess I've said, considered that in the past when I didn't like the choices. The trouble is, third-party candidate, voting for that candidate instead of one of the others will probably make sure that Hillary gets elected. So we have to think about that tonight. We have to think about our future. And again, I hope Donald Trump makes the point over and over again about the Constitution. Think about this. This would be the third debate. Actually the fourth if you uh, consider the Commander-in-Chief's Forum with Matt Lair as the moderator of that. Where I thought, by the way, he was very fair. But apparently Hillary had a total meltdown afterwards and actually threw a glass of water on one of her staff members because she hadn't made sure that Matt Lair gave her all the questions in advance and he asked her one that she wasn't prepared for. Uh, the people who supposedly were there that described this called a psychotic meltdown by Hillary Clinton. And that's not the first time she's been described that way. Secret service agents have come forward and said that she is psychotic. And she does treat the people that work for her, particularly people in the government, like secret service agents, and now we have um, security agents for the Department of State coming forward and saying the same thing. They want to get away from this woman. They think this woman is nuts. And she has given indications of that in the past. Yet now, there are millions of people out there who are thinking about electing her to be president. And not just people that want their free stuff. But people should know better. Your so-called soccer moms, who because Hillary claims to be for women, and it says Donald Trump is someone who despises women or treats women with disrespect. And look at what Hillary did to the women who who accused her husband, the president of the United States, both when he was president, before and after, of raping them. We're not talking about groping. We're not talking about kissing. We're not talking about improper comments. We're talking about rape. And Hillary Clinton attacked them viciously. And continues to do so this day. So what the soccer
2: Well, it would seem that we have lost Michael again. Uh, We'll try to reconnect with him and uh, (laughs) haven't ever had this kind of issue before. Well, um, can't get through to him so. You're listening to America's Web Radio, and uh, hopefully Michael will call back in to finish his show out. Uh, I don't know if they're having some bad weather in Texas or what's going on, but I want to remind everybody to watch the debate tonight. It should be very interesting and take uh, heed of some of the points that uh, Michael has made. And uh, perhaps this is Michael calling back in. Is that you, Michael? Okay, hang on. Okay, we have Michael back on the line. And uh, are you all having bad weather out in Texas? Well, there's some on
1: the way. I don't know if it's coming up now. But it could be. We're supposed to get it later this evening.
2: Well, uh, it's all yours for another uh, seven or eight minutes.
1: Okay. Again, I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, but, you know, I am talking bad about Hillary Clinton and uh, talking bad about Barack Obama. And there are certainly people out there who would like to shut me up because they've been working on that for several years now. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that we've had problems with the phone lines and problems with uh, the Internet and uh, problems with my email systems. By the way, I'm going to be going to a more secure system pretty soon that I'm working on right now. But anyway, I was talking about the importance of the presidential debate tonight, the importance of thinking about what will happen if we lose the Supreme Court. That's what we need to think about. But there's a few other things I'd like to mention at this point, and uh, one of them is everyone please out there join me in prayers for our American soldiers, men and women who are in the Middle East, in Afghanistan, or supporting Iraqi troops that are attacking Mosul, attacking ISIS in Mosul. You know, Obama says, oh, they're not in combat, they're just supporting roles. But we had one of them die today in Afghanistan. We had also a civilian contractor die. We're going to get our kids wounded and killed in a fight that never should have happened, in a fight with an enemy that was essentially allowed to be created by the vacuums and poor foreign policy decisions made by Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton as the Secretary of State. We have people fighting ISIS, and we have people that are fighting ISIS not only overseas, but also are going to be fighting them in this country and are fighting them right now. And Hillary Clinton is not going to do anything about this, ladies and gentlemen. She talks about defeating ISIS, yet she refuses still, I think she's done it on one occasion, to refuse to acknowledge the terrorism in this country is taking place mostly by the radical Islamic terrorists. When John Podesta, her campaign manager, in an email was openly remarking, that it was a shame that the San Bernardino shooter was a Muslim. It would have been much better for their campaign, for Hillary's campaign, if the shooter had been a white Christian male. That's the way they look at the world. It's not the way our kids in uniform look at the world. It's not the way I looked at the world when I was in uniform or look at the world now. I took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies foreign and so did Hillary, so did Obama. The oath doesn't expire, as far as I'm concerned, despite the fact that I'm no longer active in the military. For Hillary Clinton, the oath is non existent. It's meaningless. Hillary Clinton is about Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is about money, is about power, and is about what can I do for myself. And I'm getting reported to us in the day, that, and I'm going to try to verify this, but I have no reason at this point to believe it's not true, that in the last day or two, the Clinton Foundation has... Transferred $1.8 billion from the United States to a bank in Qatar in the Middle East. $1.8 million. Where did that come from? I mean, we know the Clinton Foundation has been a pay for play with Clinton. We know that a lot of big donations have come from countries. Where women are treated like second-class citizens, and can be executed for um, by their husbands or fathers in so-called honor killings. And we also have countries that go, you know kill homosexuals just because they're homosexual. They've given big money to the Clinton Foundation. But why are they sending this money to Cutter? Well, think about this. If Hillary loses this election, she is going to know that she will probably be prosecuted by the new attorney general appointed by Donald Trump. That all of her crimes, and they're rampant, not just involving an email server, but other things too. Lying to Congress. Lying to the FBI. Lying to the American people. That all of her crimes are going to come out. And that she could be prosecuted. So I suspect if Hillary loses this election, you're going to see her and Bill and Chelsea take off before Trump is sworn into into office. They're going to take off and they're going to go to Qatar to be with their money. Not their money, but the Clinton Foundation money, which is basically a criminal enterprise run to make money for the Clintons. Now there is an extradition treaty with Qatar. Whether or not they would turn over the Clintons, once they are able to spread out around that much cash is another matter entirely. But they can always go there, take money, and then go to the country with no extradition treaty. Final thing I want to say before I let you go is I have been boycotting the NFL because of the Copernic protests and other NFL players, the NFL is supposed to be for entertainment purposes, not to tell me what's politically correct and what's wrong with my country. I've been an NFL fan for years. I've supported the Saints ever since they came into existence and the Dallas Cowboys since I moved into Texas. Dallas Cowboys are holding the line to a certain extent. So the Saints are trying to do so, but the NFL is allowing this to happen. And they don't have to. These are employees of the NFL. These are employees of the teams. So I'm boycotting. I'm not going to spend my money for tickets. I'm not going to watch the games on TV. You know what? The NFL right now is down between 11, depending on who you talk to, between 11 and 26% in viewership and people coming to games. It's working. We're making a stand. Let's continue to do so. Thanks for having me on today. I apologize for all the problems. Hopefully, we'll not have those next
0: week, and I'll talk to you again then. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.